Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Semi Scribble Podcast, a show about reading books by Africans or people of Black descent that inspire us. I'm Akini, and I'll be taking you through books that inspire marginalia, books that changed your worldview and life. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome back to this episode where we will be discussing the book All About Love, New Visions by Bell Hooks. This book was intimidating when I thought about talking about it with you guys because it really captured me. It was an easy book to read, but just because it was easy to read doesn't mean that I'll capture the essence of this book fully for you all, but I guess I shouldn't be worried about that. My task here today is to give you a little breakdown of the book so that you can go and get the book and read it for yourselves. If you are someone who's close to me, you will be getting this book. I am buying this book for my friends, especially for friends that have had various conversations about different aspects of life. And I think that they would benefit from reading this book because this book touches on some of those conversations that we've had. So let's get into it. What is all about love, new visions about? The first thing I'd like you to do is to dispel yourselves of the notion that this is a book about romantic love alone or that this is a book that will just be all mushy, gooey, lovey-dovey. It is, but it isn't, and I'll explain why. Reading this book and even thinking about reading this book requires that you have a very open mind, number one, and number two, that you admit to yourself that you do not really understand what love means, that the definition of love that you are currently thinking about is definitely a little bit flawed. You might ask yourself why I'm very confident in dispelling whatever notion of love that you have in your mind. I think because some of the facets of love that are described in this book might not be so obvious. The other thing is that most of what is in this book is common sense, but by virtue of us living <laughs> and experiencing very many things, we might have forgotten or most likely we might have decided that the simplicity of love is the wrong way to go. Have that in mind as we're diving in. All About Love was published in 2001, which is about 20 years ago. <laughs> I heard about this book from Julesy of the Smart Brown Girls Book Club, which everybody should check out whether you are uh, brown or not, whether you are a girl, a lady, a woman, a man, a boy, you need to check out the book club. I first found out about this book from that club. I had it in mind to read the book. I heard about it around, I think, the beginning of this year or somewhere last year. And it really intrigued me. I wanted to read it just from Julesy's speaking about this book. I'm not sure if there's a public YouTube link 
about her analysis of the book, but if there is one, you'll find it in the description box. <laughs> I was thinking about the phrase, what's love got to do with it by Tina Turner, which I am sure everybody and their friends knows about that. And so I was really curious to find out about what Bell Hooks is discussing in terms of love. The book has 13 chapters. The 13 chapters really look at the different aspects of love. And that's why I say it's not just about romantic love. The different chapters tackle a different type of love and maybe they also tackle modern day manifestations of things that undermine love, right? So we move from grace to clarity to justice to honesty to commitment, spirituality, values, greed, community, mutuality, romance, loss, healing, and destiny. Those are the names of the 13 chapters. And my thinking or my understanding is that those are the values that embody love, according to Bell Hooks. And this does come out as you're reading the book. In the preface of the book, Bell Hooks tries to lay the foundation as to the current state of the community that she interacts in and how it views love and what that means to the people who are within that community. She traces wonderfully that we all learn about love from the very first, our very first community, which is our family, and usually a nuclear family because the audience of this book is an American audience. But I should say here that even though it's an American audience, everything in this book is applicable, I think, to me as a Kenyan who grew up in Kenya and studied elsewhere in Africa. And yes, I've been exposed and traveled, but majority of my nuances, majority of my social conditioning is in the Kenyan context. And this book definitely spoke to me. So she speaks about how as individuals, the first place where we figure out what love is and how love should manifest and how we should love each other is within the family context. And she definitely paints a picture of how many family contexts are dysfunctional and how that then affects an individual's ability to be able to perceive love, to be able to love, to be able to build community, to be able to have spiritual connections within themselves. So in the preface of this book, she paints a picture from her point of view in terms of how she grew up, what that did to her psyche, how that affected her, and how as an adult she realized that these things all connected to how she was seeking love. As a nonfiction book, this book is not a self-help book. This is sort of like a treatise about love. And as such, it's so excellent in giving us background context around the concepts of love, as well as giving us windows into other writers that we could read about who define different facets of love and how it manifests. But the beautiful thing that I thoroughly enjoyed about this book is that 
Bell Hooks promises us that this book will tell us how to return to love. And it does exactly that. All About Love, New Visions definitely does provide new ways to think about the art of loving. And these are termed as radical by Bell Hooks. Might not be as radical to me personally, but I understand why she uses that word and we'll get there. She also talks about the book offering a hopeful, joyous vision of love's transformative power. And that definitely, definitely happened for me. And it lets us know what we must do in order to love again. This shows us the beauty of love's grace. And that's why I say it's not a book that just throws concepts at you and then leaves it up to you to digest. It actually breaks it down to how you can embody these concepts in your day-to-day life. Of the 13 chapters, there are a few chapters that gathered me. (laughs) Um, Bell Hooks definitely brought me to the table with the introduction, Grace Touched by Love, and also chapter one, Clarity Give Love Words, and chapter two, Justice, Childhood Love Lessons. Those three chapters definitely brought me to the table to want to say, yes, I am invested, I'm intrigued, I want to learn more about what Bell Hooks is talking about. And in that context, she talks about how it's so important to embody love for children as they're growing up, that the guardians of children have a very big task in ensuring that they do not raise dysfunctional individuals because then that dysfunctionality haunts an individual throughout their life. And reading that, there were some things that made so much sense in terms of conversations that I've had with friends and with other professionals about what your formative years really mean when you hit a certain age of adulthood where you're trying to shape your own life. We we definitely discount a lot that happens in our childhood and how that shapes our thinking around what commitment and what honesty and what caring, tender care is and how valuable that is. So having been brought to the table, she then begins to deconstruct (laughs) whatever notions that you have had about what love is. In the chapter about commitment, which is about finding love in yourself first, Bell Hooks really brings out the need of having self-awareness, of having self-love, of being really true to yourself and allowing that vulnerability to soak in you. And she dispels a lot of things around what patriarchy and capitalism and this whole notion of working, being successful, how really all these things can be roadblocks to this journey of discovery of ourselves. Because knowing yourself is loving yourself and that then enables you to love others. If, like me, that notion of knowing yourself 
is really centered around what you can produce, how productive you can be, how much work you can do, and how important that work is, then there are certain facets of yourself that are neglected and that definitely suffer with wanting to continually just be superhuman in one particular area. This book really breaks down this idea of finding your purpose, which, hallelujah, (laughs) I've always grappled with. What does it mean when people say that they've found their purpose? And many times purpose is linked to spirituality, and she breaks that down in this book. But it doesn't have to be such a mystery. It doesn't mean that your purpose has to be biblical in nature. And when I say biblical, I mean in terms of size. I mean in terms of influence. You know, when somebody talks about a purpose or their purpose in life and how they arrived at their purpose in life, you might have this vision of a burning bush, literally, that manifested in this person's dreams. But Bell Hooks really breaks that down in saying that you are searching too far away from your center to figure out what that purpose is and you should sort of recalibrate. And she does this in very many words that made sense to me. Lately, I'm sure everybody has heard about the job exodus. Everybody's quitting. (laughs) Everybody's quitting their jobs. Everybody's resigning. There's a whole wave of people resigning. She touches aspects of that in this book that is 20 years old. She talks about how working or being employed or finding a way to take care of yourself financially might not always be as fulfilling as we think it is or should be. She acknowledges that jobs can break the spirit because you can end up doing something you don't like to do in order to survive. This is where, for me, Bell Hooks and Mylik Teal meet. And there's a resistance that I had there in what Mylik was saying in her podcast a few years ago about how you should infuse love in any work that you do, whether you hate the job or not. Because if you do that job to the best of your ability, then that is performing it with love. And performing that job with love makes you a better person and makes you feel better and will then open up avenues of you finding a job that will fulfill you along the line. Now, as an older millennial, this really sounded to me like y'all are just trying to keep us working (laughs) at jobs we hate. But I might have thought that about my leak and not had reasons for thinking that way and probably just left it and felt like, okay, that makes sense. But with Bell Hooks, that notion definitely cannot lie because she's very much against this whole notion of capitalism. And in the chapter Greed, she really breaks down capitalism and how capitalism is linked to patriarchy and how that definitely makes us a loveless people. For Bell Hooks to be the one to say that you need to really invest in the work that you do, even if you hate the job. And that is you doing a service to yourself. 
that is you loving yourself so that you are not filled with rage and you're not filled with all sorts of negative emotions that seep into your other areas of life. And she does this really well when she's speaking about especially the dominant person in families and how that then goes back home to affect those families. Then that gave me a reason to pause and really ask myself, how can I tackle work that is very important to me, maybe too important to me, in a way that infuses love? And I don't mean loving the job. I mean loving the specific work that you are doing such that you do it to the best of your ability. Okay, so you put your good intentions into that work that you really don't like doing. If you put your good intentions in it, you will do the best work that you can do and you will end up feeling better about yourself. And that's how you end up loving yourself better and infusing love in that environment. Because once you do that, you can extend compassion, you can extend empathy, you can be really a source of light for others who are with you in that job. So in that way, you're infusing love in your working environment. And I was, my mind was blown because <laughs> work was never a place that I associated with love or ever thought love should come up in there unless you're talking about your personal things with colleagues that have transcended the role of just being colleagues and are acquaintances slash friends. So... She also gathered me talking about spirituality and community. And these were in two different chapters. But in talking about spirituality, Bell Hooks really lays the foundation that spirituality is important. It cannot be ignored. It cannot be done without consequences, right? And all this really stems towards her trying to dispel our current obsession with individuality, our current self-absorbedness, she essentially links our well-being to a power higher than us. And that can be whatever you want to say, the universe, it can be God, it can be whoever you think sort of has, you have a connection to and who can be a source of hope for you. The way Bell Hooks talks about spirituality makes sense to me, such that even those who are not fundamentalists can be able to understand. But more than that, she also puts those deeply entrenched in religious activities but are loveless on the spot. She's not about practicing the religion She's about embodying spirituality and ensuring that that infuses what she calls a love ethic. And that will then infuse everything in your life. She says that in her darkest moments, it's her belief in somebody that gave her hope. And when I say somebody, I mean a higher power that gave her hope to be able to continue in what felt like a very dark world. And that makes sense to me. She really talks about prayer, how you can practice your spirituality. It, that chapter is deep. It's way, way, way. It's too deep for me to try and break it down, actually. But that gathered me as well. My favorite chapter was community. That community and I think honesty were my favorite chapters. Honesty 
listen <laughs> honesty really gathered me in terms of experiences that I've had with people that have really been disappointing girl so the chapter on honesty really described certain people that I have had issues with to a T to a T meaning that these are not unique problems they are really it makes sense that there are certain people like that to exist because of things that have happened to them and how they view the world and reading that in a book really released me from a lot of things that I had not let go, a lot of baggage that I had not let go between myself and people in my past that I've had soul-crushing events happening between us. One chapter that I feel that was really written for Akini is the chapter on community. As a self-identified recluse slash introvert (laughs) I am somebody who thoroughly thinks that I can survive as an individual in this world I mean that's why I have a podcast right besides being a millennial I prefer to have this type of interaction with people it was really clear to me via this book that I have been avoiding community because Being in a community takes work, and that work involves love. Letting people in, being vulnerable, caring for others, allowing others to care for you, acknowledging that you need other people in your life. That is the hardest thing (laughs) for Akini to do. And this book really said, girl, get yourself together because you need community. Of course, of people who think alike, of people who are open to practice love in all the forms that Bell Hooks talks about. That is a community that I think I would want to be involved in. But she also talks about forgiveness if you are to be in community. And she talks about dispelling yourself from the idea that having money or having material goods means that you are insulated from dealing with problems and you could deal with any problem as an individual because of the material things or having money. One thing that she says that was really, that really hit me, she gives an an example of how we can trust strangers when we walk into a hospital, you trust a stranger to take care of you when you are ill, but you cannot trust people who want to be your friend or people who are maybe even within your family or extended family, you cannot trust them to take care of you, but you can trust a stranger. (laughs) And that was all ding, 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 Tweti Akini. So I finished reading this book and I immediately went back to read the introduction and the preface of this book again. Because I was like, what just happened? (laughs) I felt like my world has been spun upside down. So many things that she touches on are so practical and make so much sense. Dispelled and broke down things that had been bothering me for a while. How media portrays violence. How media portrays what a family looks like. 
how capitalism dictates to us what is important. She talks about how people can take away a life in order to obtain their luxury items. And all these things make sense even on a higher level. If we think about it, if we practice love as embodied in this book, then we would not be currently still in a pandemic. We would have shared resources. Everybody would be up for vaccination if you wanted to get vaccinated. And those who are not up for vaccination would have had a community that would have held them in order to explain to them, in order to bring them closer to understanding what the vaccine is and dispel them of that notion that there's a conspiracy theory to get them. Like everything makes sense. Everything makes sense with this book. And yes, she does talk about romantic love, which I will not touch on. But yes, romantic love is there. And and the way she speaks about it is also very enlightening. So All About Love, New Visions for me was an excellent read. I encourage all of you to read it. I am buying the book for people. I've already bought the book for certain people to read. And I hope they do read it. It will definitely have an effect on you. There are a few books that really stick with me to a point that it makes me want to change my worldview. And I remember The God of Small Things by Arundhati Roy was one of them because the sadness in that book really made sense to me. But this book is a book that I'm going to read and reread that I will pull out when I am going through it (laughs) with myself, with my family, with people that I care about at work, I will pull it out to remind myself about the love ethic that I want to embody. Please, please do the world a favor and go and read this book. Let's get into our next segment of this podcast, which is currently reading. Obviously, I was definitely reading all about love to get it out of the way and to get this episode out to you. But I have a ton of stuff in my to-be-completed pile. Do we have that? I know we have TBRs, which is to be read, but I have a to-be-completed file. And in my to-be-completed pile, I have a lovely host of books, including The Other Black Girl, which I think I've talked about in previous episodes. I'm really gunning to finish that soon and hopefully bring that to you. Um, And that's by Zakia Dalila Harris, which is about a black girl in publishing who is joined by another black girl in this extremely white publishing firm and weird things start to happen. I was excited to read about that book because I really wanted to know what type of work environment and work shenanigans would go down. (laughs) But... It's been a bit difficult to get into it. I'm listening to that on Audible. And I think my focus is shifting towards more, you know, paper books, (laughs) not audio books. But we'll see how that goes. I also am reading The Girl with the Louding Voice, which I've also mentioned in another episode. And that's by Abby Dare. That is hitting. It's hitting. And I hope to finish that soon. It's definitely 
one that I think I'm getting into now that I have given it some time to like sink in. But yes, I'm still reading that. I'm also reading The Office of Historical Corrections, uh, which is a collection of stories by Danielle Evans. And it's hitting. I'm enjoying it so far. I just haven't had the wherewithal to really go deep into it because All About Love took up my time. I really felt I needed to finish that. Yeah. So those are the three books that I'm reading. One of those will be coming up in an episode soon. Finally, in my something to note episode, there's a lot that has been going on on the interwebs, I think. What has been catching my eye, firstly, is the fact that Halal Safaris, curated by Samia Buana, will be having what they call an offering on literary tours. So they will be offering 15% off Pate Island tour for Dragonfly Sea fans as part of diversifying their portfolio to curate unique halal experiences. So this is going to be quite interesting. It was retweeted by Yvonne Odiambo Owar, who is obviously the author of The Dragonfly Sea. And that's also on my TBR, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> so I thought that was quite interesting. I'll put a link to the tweet in the description box. And the Booker Prize was announced. And another African won the 2021 Booker Prize. And that book is The Promise by Damon Galbraith. It's taken a long while to get here, and uh, now that I have, I kind of feel that I shouldn't be here. This could just as easily have gone to any of the other amazing, talented people on this list and a few others who aren't. I will have links to that in the description. And... That's all, folks. That's all that I have in Something to Note. It's been just a week between our last Something to Note and this one. I've had some really interesting feedback about the last Something to Note. So we're hoping that you're definitely enjoying this segment. All right, folks, that's all I have for you. It's been quite a long one. I hope you enjoy this episode. I really, really Love the engagement that we are having. I love the little community that we are building. And that's all our sound and editing maestro. Give it up for Tevin Sudi. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you to everyone who helped in the creation of this episode and to African authors for continuing to inspire us. Please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you access your favorite podcast and follow us on social media at podcast underscore semi. That's at podcast underscore semi on all platforms. Until next time, Amakini. Bye.